Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We're going to start with Acts 23 and Mark 1 and see where we go from there. See what nuggets can be dug out. Good evening, Pastor James. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Sister Dorothy. I'm glad to be here again. And I like what you just said. See what nuggets we can find. Because the Bible is so full of little nuggets to help us make it along this journey. But a lot of times we don't see it. And because we don't see it, we miss it. I tell you, this has been a very interesting week. We've got several people that's been coming to the churches lately. Because the churches are about to have a revival. But it's not going to be the mega churches. It's going to be the little small churches, the ones that have maybe 10 or 15 people in there who's diligently been seeking God. And one of the ways to seek God is fasting. A lot of people are not fasting nowadays. They used to, but they don't do it anymore. They'll say, well, I did an hour or two hours. That's, that's fasting. But no, the Bible tells us how to fast, and it tells us how not to fast. It tells us why we should pray and tells us how we should not pray. In other words, don't be like the hypocrites, but learn the way God wants us to do things. He's already got the rules out. All we have to do is obey it. One of the things that I like about the scriptures is it says, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct your path. But a lot of people are trying to get God, try to direct God's path instead of let God direct us. Now, as I say, with this program called Signs, Wonders, and Miracles, and we've been in the book of Acts for the longest, and it shows every one of those scriptures, every one of those chapters has signs, wonders, and miracles, because that's what our church is set up on. Jesus came with a full four ministry. And the full four was preaching, teaching, healing, and prophesying. And without without those four things being in your ministry, and I don't mean one person having all four gifts or all four ministries, but have that in your church. So as you start to minister to people, they will see the power of Jesus in the church. Right now, they don't see it. A lot of churches, you go to them, they're jumping up and down and say, oh, we had a wonderful time. Okay, what did, what was the word about? What was the preaching about? Uh, I don't remember, but we had a wonderful time in the Lord. Well, when Jesus preached, people remembered. When Paul preached, people remembered. When the disciples preached, people remembered because it's the word that sets you free. It's not having a good time. It's not listening music it's the word that's why it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and nothing that was made was not made without the word 
lately I've been teaching our church about the three things that how the word operates, and that is uh, frequency, sound, and vibration. Frequency, sound, and vibration. And uh, I've been preaching this for quite a while now. And people say, well, I don't believe in all that. Uh, listen, the Bible says, God says, let there be light. And there was light. It became first a thought, speak, and then action, which is the, first, the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And maybe one day I'll sit back and reteach on the, the Hebrew alphabet. Everything is the word, and the word is everything. Just recently, I was talking to one of our members who had to go to the hospital because they had uh, kidney stones. Now, back in the old time, and they still do some now, they take you in and have an operation. But now, they do it through uh, frequency and vibration. Same thing with God has always said, everything was made by the word. And the more you learn about the word, the stronger you become. When Jesus said, my people perish for lack of knowledge, he was talking about the word. You have no word, you have no power. You have no power, you have no knowledge. And without that, you shall perish. But anyway, that's why we've been going through the book of Acts. And right now, we'll continue on Acts 23. And the first verse, Acts 23, and the first verse. And Paul earnestly, beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest, Antioch, uh, commanded them to stood by him to smite him or hit him on his mouth. Then Paul said unto him, God shall smite thee, thy whited wall. For thou sittest to judge me after the law. In other words, what Paul was saying, look, you don't, you didn't tell me who you are. You, I don't know nothing about you. But yet and still, you tell these men to hit me. And it's because of something I'm saying about the Bible. But it's nothing wrong to what I'm saying. So then uh, uh, the third verse, that's what we said, and commanded me to be spitting contrary or opposite of what the law says. And they that stood by say, Revile thou God's high priest. Then Paul, I wish not, brethren, that he uh, was the high priest. In other words, I didn't know. For it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. A lot of times now in the churches, people are talking back to the pastor. Uh, the pastor said, I want to do this. I want to do this for the Lord. I want to do what's right for the Lord. And they said, well, no, you're, you're not politically correct. Forget about politically correct. You want to be God correct. You want to do what God says, not what man says. Because if you listen to what man says, they'll take you into religion. And religion takes you away from God. But if you listen to what God says, it'll take you into his will. And his will is what's going to, where you get saved. Because he said, uh, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. Well, what he was saying is by every will of God, you live by his word, then you will have eternal life. And the sixth verse is, but when Paul uh, perceived that one part of there were Sadducees and the other uh, Pharisees, he cried out to the council, men and brethren, 
I am a Pharisee, the son of Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of dead. I am called into question. In other words, the Sadducees, and they don't believe in the angels. They don't believe in uh, resurrection from the dead. They just believe if you're a good person and live good, then things will be good to you while you're alive. But the Sadducees believe in the afterlife. They believe that uh, when you die, you're going to have to give an account and that uh, you'll get your reward afterwards, after you go through the council seat. So that's why they were calling him into question, because now Jesus is being preached, that Jesus rose from the dead, that he died for our sins. And no matter what you did, except for blaspheming of the Holy Spirit or not forgiving somebody, you can be forgiven and make your way into the heavenly throne, which is where Jesus lives. So starting at the seventh verse, and when he had said so, there arose a distinction between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees says that there is no resurrection, neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees confessed both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that was with the Pharisees parted a row and stood, saying, we find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or a angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. A lot of times people forget to do what the scripture says, and that is, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for many have entertained angels unaware are the messengers of God. Now, they can come in uh, spiritual form. They can come also in human form. That's why we, the children of God, are supposed to keep our ears open to see if it's the spirit talking to us, is it a messenger of the most high God speaking to us, or is the devil speaking to us. And the only way you'll be able to tell the difference, you have to have the word in you. You have to discern by the spirit of God in you to lead, lead you and guide you to what is truth and what is error what is uh, a lie, or what is a falsehood. You got to listen and read the word of God so you may be able to see the difference or understand the difference. And the 10th verse is, and there arose a great dissension or quarreling. The chief captain, fearing least they probably put in pieces, pulled in pieces, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him Unto the castle. That's where the uh, the uh, uh, the captain, the chief captain, was staying. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, "Be of good cheer." He's talking to Paul. Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem. So must thou bear witness also in Rome. Now here's the thing: most people don't realize to be a Christian, it costs you everything. If you can't do 99, you can't do 99 and 44 and think that's pure with God. You got 100% with God. Now, you ain't going to do it right away, but the more you practice, the more you're willing to do what God wants, the more he'll bring you into his perfect will. And that's what we're looking for, his perfect will, not our perfect will. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's why he said, yeah, good cheer. Look. You testified of me in Jerusalem. 
Now you got to go to Romans chapter 5 for me. Now here's the scriptures. It says that we overcome the uh, the trials and tribulations we go through by the blood of the lamb. And what does the blood of the lamb mean? Blood means the life. The life is in the blood. And what we do, we imitate Jesus. So the more we imitate Jesus, the more we have the blood over us. And the blood is the life that he wants us to be, to be in his image and in his likeness. So when he said, you testified of me, and Paul did, and he was beaten. He was beaten for testifying of Jesus. But that's just part of the, the process. If Jesus had to die, then we need to die. Yes, holding on to our testimony and believing that the blood, which is Jesus' life, is in us. That's why we're able to say, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Then it says, and when it was uh, the 12th verse, and it says, when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse or a vow, saying they would, would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Some people are so religious, they get so angry, they don't even try to figure out what is right or wrong. They said, if it ain't my way, let's kill them. If it ain't my way, don't listen to them. That's why you got so many different denominations out here now. You got, as I said, the church started off as one, and it was not called Christians when they first started off. That was just part of in the place called Antioch. They called them Christians. But at the beginning of the church age, we were called the way, W-A-Y, the way. And that means we were, we came out of Judaism, but we're not under the same laws of Judaism. In other words, Judaism has 613 laws that you're supposed to keep every day. Well, there's no way we can do that. And neither can the, even the uh, what they call the Hasidic Jews, the very devout uh, Jews. The best they can do is keep 32 of them. And that's the best they're doing. But with us, we are called Gentiles. And we were brought in through Jesus Christ. And because we were brought in through Jesus Christ, the uh, council, which was uh, James was the the elder of the the group, said he prayed and the Holy Spirit told him, the only thing that we're required to do is stay away from fornication, which illicit sex, uh, animals that are strangled, strangled of themselves, don't, don't, Roadkill is not what we're supposed to eat or anything we find on the road. Uh, anything that's given to idols, we, you know, you know they've been blessed by idols. They, you don't eat it. What happens if you don't know that they were, blessed, they were blessed by idols? If you eat it, it will not hurt you because you didn't know. And so the more you find out that we're under these four rules, which is if you want to find them, you go into Acts the uh, 15th chapter, I believe, and you'll find them there, and you'll find them in Acts, the 19th chapter, all four of them. All right, let's keep on going here, because I want to give you all a chance to ask questions, and the way you ask questions, all you have to do is push one on your telephone, and that lets me know that there's somebody there that has a question or a comment. doesn't matter what it is. If you have a comment about what you see that Jesus is doing, 
what you see where the church is going, what needs to be turned around or what we need to pray for, then we can discuss it because everything I'm going to tell you is what the word says. What does the word say? That's how we understand what God wants us to do. All right. Then it says on the 13th verse, it says they were more than 40, which has made this conspiracy. So in other words, there was 40 some people have had, uh, agreed to kill Paul, and they would not eat or drink until Paul was dead. And they came to the chief priests and the elders and said, we have bound ourselves with a great curse or a vow that we're not eating nothing until we have slain or killed Paul. Now, therefore, you with the council signified to the chief captain that he shall bring him down unto you tomorrow. And though you would inquire some more perfectly concerning him, and we are ever come near and ready to kill him. In other words, they said, come on down. We need to talk. We want to get the full understanding of this and what they were doing, trying to trick him. So when they got Paul down there, they could kill him. And when Paul's sister son heard of their his nephew, of their lying and wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. And Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, bring you this young man to the chief captain, or he has a certain thing to tell. In other words, he said, hey, take him to the commander so the commander can uh, hear what he's got to say. And he, but see, we had already heard that night that Paul's not going to die because that's why he's being rewarded because God tells you you're going somewhere, you're going somewhere. So he's already been to Jerusalem and now he has to go to Rome. So this is why God supernaturally let his 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 nephew here so that signs, wonders, and miracles can happen. So in the 18th verse, it says, So he took him and brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul, the prisoner, called me unto him and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee, whom has something to say to thee. And the, the commander took him by a hand and went to him to him aside and privately and asked him, what is this that thou have to tell me? And he said, the Jews has agreed to, de- to desire that they would bring down Paul tomorrow to the council, and they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly, or act like they're trying to get the truth, get down to the truth. But they, but they do not yield unto them. Do not, but do not yield unto them, for they lie in wait for him. More than forty men which have bound themselves with an oath or a curse or a vow. And they will neither eat nor drink till they had killed him. Now are they ready looking for a a promise from you? And so the chief captain then let the young men depart and charge him, see that thou tell no man of what you have showed me of these things. And he called unto him two centurions, saying, Make ready two hundred soldiers to go into Caesarea, and horsemen, three scores and and ten spear uh, and ten, and spearmen of two hundred at the third hour of the night. What is the third hour of the night? Third hour of the night is nine p.m. So how does the enemy always attack <laughs> in your darkest hour, your weakest time? So anyway, 
as they was 24, it says, and provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. The word beast is another word for horse. And he wrote a letter after this manner. Uh, Claudius Cilius, unto the most excellent governor, Felix, send greeting. This man was taken of the Jews and should have been killed of them. Then came I unto, with an army and rescued him, having understood he was a Roman. So in other words, Paul was not only a Jew, but he was Roman uh, in origin. So that means that he was under Caesar's law. And so nobody could hurt him except Rome itself. If Rome doesn't agree with anybody else trying to kill him, that the Romans would protect him. And it says in the 20th verse, and when they had known this cause, wherefore they accused him, he, I brought him forth unto the council. And when I perceived to be accusing of the question of their law, but had nothing to do as charged worthy of death or of bonds. In other words, what was Paul arguing about? He was not arguing, actually. He was debating, saying that Jesus has proven that you can be raised from the dead. So there is an afterlife. Jesus is the one who was the son of God. And Paul uh, debated with the Jews to let them know that the word of God is true. All the prophecies that were written about a certain person has came past and been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. And that is not worth being killed over because it's, a, it's your opinion. And yet and still they wanted to kill him. And it says, um, the 30th verse, and when they had told me how the Jews laid in wait for him, I straightway to thee and gave commandments that that his accusers also to saying that they would have against him farewell. Then the so the soldiers, as they were commanded them, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipas. And on the morning they left the horsemen to go with him and return to the council. And when they came to Caesarea, uh, delivered the epistle or letter to the governor, presenting Paul also before him. And when the governor had read the letter and asked uh, of what providence or who did he come under, he said he understood that he was a Thessalonica. I heard thee, he said, and when the accusers are also come, he commanded them to keep inherit judgment hall. Sound like the same thing they did to Jesus. Same thing that people are going to do to you. You may, you know, you'd be saying, well, I got to be politically correct. No, you don't. You need to be God correct. Whatever the Bible says, that's what we got to believe. And that's what we are here for. If God says that sex outside of marriage is wrong, that's what it is. It's wrong. If he said lying is wrong, well, what about a little lie? If you lie a little bit, you lie. And all liars, according to the scriptures, will have their part in the lake of fire that burns forever. So why go to a place you don't want to? Because if hell was made for the devil and his angels, it was not made for us. But if we refuse to obey, if we decide to do witchcraft against God, because that's what it is, Witchcraft is the same thing as rebellion. We don't want to obey God, then we're into witchcraft. 
And because of that, the Bible says that, that uh, disobedience is the same as witchcraft. Obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offerings. He tells us what he wants, and he wants the cream of the crop. And I don't blame God. I mean, if you're a king, why should you get uh, garbage to eat when you're supposed to be in charge? You're supposed to have the best. And that's what God wants to be in his heaven. He wants the best of the best. Now, you may not start off as the best of the best, but you ain't got to stay in the mud. You ain't got to stay in the dirt. You can get up and cleanse yourself. That's why we go to be baptized, confessing our sins, our faults, that God can help us to change. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And how did the Holy Spirit operate? He operates through sounds, vibrations, and noise. Sometimes his, very, his voice is very low. Sometimes it's like a conscious, and you're just waiting on to hear the Lord's voice. And as I said, sometimes it sounds like a conscious, so you miss it sometimes. But you, the more you practice at listening for the Holy Spirit, the more you read the Word, the more you'll become part of the Word. And because of the more you become part of the Word, the, the stronger you will become. And that's what we're here for, to become strong in the Lord in the power of his might and to put on the whole armor of God. Now, one of the things that we have to learn now Witchcraft is on the is climbing up stronger nowadays, but that's going according to the book of Daniel, which says in the end times, and that's where you go back to. I think it's in the eleventh or twelfth chapter of Daniel. It says in the end times, those that know their God will do great exploits, or great miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles. But those that are wicked would do wicked earth. And eventually, they will wear the saints out. Most people don't want to preach about that part. But see, during the time they're wearing us out is the time we're getting ready to leave. We're going to be leaving out of here. But before we leave, there's going to be one great push for revival, for people or mankind to turn back to God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, and all their strength. Some of the places that I believe is going to happen is it's going to be Kansas City. Chicago, Dallas, Houston, uh, Lakeland, Florida. Now, those are a few that I believe the Lord has revealed to me, but there's going to be more, but they're going to be the little churches. They're not going to be the mega churches because most of the mega churches, they're worried about one thing. Do we have enough money? Can I live the lifestyle I'm living? Because I know one preacher, he, his name was Joe Lonstein. Uh, when the Lord told him to start preaching about divine healing, he did not want to. He said, if I do, people would leave him. And the Lord told him, he said, if they don't, I'll leave you. So he decided to let his ministry go to obey God. And look what happened. His ministry grew, and now his son has got the ministry. And if his son doesn't turn back to the Lord and do everything the Lord says about casting out demons, preaching the gospel, not a watered-down gospel, the whole gospel, that God is not a genie, but he is a person that loves people who keeps his word. And that's what we're looking for. Uh, if there's anybody out there got any questions or comments, this is the time to go ahead and push one. And do you have anything to say, Dorothy? 
No, no, I'm good, and no one's got their hand up, so I guess we're good to keep going. Okay. Uh, but have you heard anything about, have the Lord spoke to you about anything about a revival coming? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. There's going to be one huge revival. I, and it's, I've always heard it as the final harvest. Mm-hmm. You know, so definitely. Definitely. Amen. I've heard that. Uh, as I say, I'm trying to get other people to realize these are the, these are the end times, and that the prophecies are being fulfilled so quickly. It's not even funny, because even with uh, Trump, one of the major things he did was put uh, the embassy back in where it should be in Jerusalem, the royal city of David, or the foundation of peace. All right. Well, as I say, I'm trying to give people to give a chance to help uh, promote what the word says before I get to teaching on the rest of the uh, things about demons, devils, witches, warlocks, things that we have never even heard of that's being released right now, because these are the end times. But those that know their God were getting stronger. I've seen people come through deliverance a lot faster now. Demons coming up out of these folks, especially Jezebel. Jezebel is one of the prime uh, demons that we run into. And you can tell uh, Jezebel, especially in the church, because she's always the prophetess. And it can be in a man or in a woman. But they always got a word from God. Yes, the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. You need a, you're going to get a new house. You're going to get a new car but never does it tell you about you need to straighten up your life. Yeah, anybody can look at you and tell you what you need. You know, you need new clothes, you need food, and you need that. But see, your life is what needs to be straight with God. When he said, be holy as I am holy, be perfect as I am perfect, that's what God means. It's not no guess at it, no guesswork. He said, listen, and according to the gospel, do what the gospel say. And what is the true gospel? It's not the just the death, burial, and resurrection. That's what most preachers say. That's death, burial, and resurrection. But the Bible teaches us, and the more you read, the true gospel is the prophecy of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, I come low, I come in the books that is written of me. The prophecy that was located in uh, Isaiah, all 66 books. Are at 66 chapters of it. And the more you learn, the more you understand that he's trying to turn us into his image and his likeness of his dear son. And the more we practice, the stronger we'll become. But anyway, let's look at the, uh, the three beginnings in the Bible. The first beginning is Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was void and without form, and darkness on the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, the thing is, when he said, let there be light, that was the beginning of sound, vibration, and noise. That's why it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, that he inhabits the praises of his people. God is not deaf. He loves people to praise him. 
He loves people to, to be prepared to do those things that's pleasing in his eyesight. And one of the ways to get it prepared, like I said earlier, is by fasting. Fasting is one of the ways, and it's in Isaiah, the, I think it's the 53rd chapter. This is what he desired on how to fast. And then there's, uh, there's a Daniel fast. There's a Joel fast. You know, everybody can't do the same thing, but you can do at least one day a week. You remember what he said? Can you not pray with me one hour? In other words, fast, turn away from everything of the world. Well, one hour can actually ap- uh, appear to be one day. Take one day out of the week and just don't eat. You'll find out your mind will be, start to come clearer and everything else. Your body will feel better. You'll feel bad at first because our body is in rebellion against God. He doesn't want to, oh, no, don't miss no meal. We want to be, be happy and full all the time. But by fasting, you think about, are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to obey God? And I don't mean physically die to yourself by killing yourself. I'm talking about crucify your ego. You got people today that have their pride is so strong that they are not serving God, but they're serving themselves and serving religion and then saying, God, see what I'm doing? I'm doing this for you. And you're really not. You're doing it for yourself, for self-recognition. All right. So we had Mark, the first chapter and the first verse. And it starts off in this way. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, I gave you one in the beginning. This is the second one now, Mark 1.1. And the third in the beginning is John one one in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god now all those beginnings if you put it together is goes to revelations one one which is the revealing of jesus christ the prophecy of jesus christ the god that we serve is the god of prophecy and his prophecy is that the world was turned evil go through troubles and trials and tribulations, but in the end, a, a small uh, resident or a small part will come back to him. And that's what he's looking for. He said he wants the best of the best. And those that willing to die for him is willing to live with him. So let's get to John, uh, Mark 1-1 again. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Now, let's look at what is the gospel. For it is written in the prophet, I mean, Proverbs. And behold, I send a messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thee the way. So what is the gospel? The gospel is prophecy by the prophets. That's what this is all about. That's why when you understand, to stop just looking at, oh, I need a new house or a new car and always God give me this, God give me that, and get to the what what does the word says? What does he tell us to do? What is the prophecy? And the prophecy is, Behold, I send my messenger or my angel before thy face, which will prepare the way before thee. In other words, this is God's word talking from Malachi, the third chapter, but yet and still it's the New Testament. That's what the prophecy is about. That's what the gospel is about. This is the gospel that's got to be preached around the world 
before the end will come, the prophecy. And if you go back and study Mark, I mean, Matthew, the 24th chapter, you will see that it says this gospel must be preached. It didn't say the death, burial, and resurrection only. It says this gospel, and that is the prophecy. There's a prophecy that Jesus would be born. There's a prophecy that he'd be born of a virgin. There's a prophecy that he would suffer. There's a prophecy that says that he would uh, die. There's a prophecy that says he would rise from the dead. And this is what's got to be taught. See, all the other religions, they don't teach about that. Their religions say, well, we hope, but we have seen our God at work. I've seen demons come out of folks. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. I'm getting ready to go to this ministry that's going to be in uh, Houston, Texas, uh, end of this month, to where this man went into the hospital and cleaned out everybody in the hospital, including raising a a dead person. That's our God, the one that's with him. That's our God that's with other ministries that we can see the manifestation of God and understand when he said, I come in the volume of the books is written to me. It is truth. That's why if we'll understand it, the Bible said, if you submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, he would flee from you. A lot of people think he's going to flee from God. No, he'll flee from you. If the word is in you, that's when you can claim those scriptures. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world, that my God shall supply all of my need according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that God uh, says I will hide under his wings. God said that he'll be my high tower. He'll be my uh, hiding place in all generations. The word becomes truth for you, and the word becomes facts for you, and the word becomes hope for you. And as that happens, then you'll find out you will start to change. Your thoughts will not be the same. You'll not be, uh, and this is what I've had people call me, uh, men of God, women of God, looking at pornography, married and looking at pornography. Listen, you don't need to do those things. You're, You're walking in a sinful nation, but you don't have to sin. You can turn things around by praying, Lord, I don't want to be wrong. I want to be right. I ain't worried about being politically correct. I want to do those things that's pleasing in your eyesight. I'm willing to sacrifice myself. And once you do that, God will start manifesting himself towards you. And you will start seeing him under a different light. Now, the word light means understanding. He is real. He's alive. He's not dead. Let's continue to read here. But as I told you, the the gospel is the prophecy. It says in the third thing, the third verse, it says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness, preaching the baptism of repentance for remission of sin. And he went out with him in all the land of Judah and into Jerusalem. And they were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. The word Jordan, see, a lot of times we read over things. We don't even stop to study to see what it means. The word Jordan means before the judge, before the judge. So in other words, they're confessing, hey, I'm guilty, and I'm following on the, I'm following on the, uh, 
the mercy of the court. I'm falling on the mercy of our God. That's why we get baptized, confessing before the judge. That Dan means judge, before judge, uh, confessing their sins. And John was clothed in hair skin, uh, camel skin, and with a girdle of uh, skin uh, above his loins, and did eat locusts and wild honey. And priest said, there one comes mightier than I after me, the latch whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down to unloose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the thing. When we get baptized in the water, it's for remission of sin. In other words, listen, I need to die. And that's why I'm going under the water. I'm representing a watery grave. But because I believe in Christ, I'm coming up out of that water, a new creation. Now, there's some people that, you know, when they get baptized, they don't change. But it doesn't mean they're not going to change. You never know until the last second, until they die, if they're going to make it into heaven or not. So that's why we're not supposed to go around judging people, but to pray for people, to, to encourage people to do what is right. And it says, uh, the, uh, the ninth verse, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the good Jordan and straightway came up out of the water. He saw the heavens open and the, the spirit like a dove descended upon him. And he heard a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's what we're looking for. The way we can hear it when we enter in, that we'll hear, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of the Lord. You know, been faithful over a little, he's going to make us rulers over much. See, when we come back here, we're not going to be sitting on a, on the side of the road playing a guitar or playing uh, harps and stuff like that, but we're coming here to rule and reign upon this earth. The devils are going to be defeated. We're going to have a new body and everything. And those that are being born at time, that will be them time to go through uh, the test and everything. But us, we'll be already gone through the second death, and we, we don't have no fear of losing our salvation. But we'll be just like Jesus or be just like the Father, what he wants us. And we will be ruling and reigning here, teaching the people on how to be like, come more Christ-like and how to love thy neighbor and how to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But the world now is the opposite. And that's because uh, because of the uh, transgression in the, the Garden of Eden. They're no longer loving one another. But there's so much hate, so much criticism. People are trying to find fault with each other instead of trying to find out what's good. And if you hurt somebody's feelings, the first thing they want to do is cut you off instead of realize it could be you that God cuts off because he said, if you don't forgive, he will not forgive you. So a lot of times people uh, walking in another religion and says, well, God forgives you for everything. And all you have to do is just keep on going. And God's word says just the opposite. You go and forgive those people that hurt you. And if you did something, go to them, apologize. So here we keep on going here. The 12th verse, 
And immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness for 40 days. You know, we just got to be talking about 40 people trying to kill uh, Saul. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Everything has a meaning. It has a day. It has a uh, an understanding. But you have to study that the Bible always interprets itself. Tempting, uh, 40 days, tempted of Satan and was with the wild beasts and angels ministered unto him. Now, the word Satan means adversary. In other words, there is only one Lucifer. See, and people just don't know that. They, they get it wrong. Some people don't even believe there's any. But there's one Lucifer, and he's in charge of all the kingdom of darkness. Under him are Satans. That means there are more than one. There's a bunch of them. Under the Satans are the uh, devils. And the devils have a certain area they're in charge of. Now, you, they may call them sometimes principalities, uh, powers. They might have different names. But I'm just giving you a, a brief synopsis to where you can look and see these things. So there's Lucifer first, only one Lucifer. There's many Satans. There's many devils. And there are so many that you can't even count. Demons. And this is the way they run the kingdom of darkness. So when uh, Satan says anything, this, uh, he is being controlled by Lucifer because he's fearful of Lucifer. And then the others are fearful of the ones that's over top of them. So when you hear somebody say, the devil made me do it, he can't make you do it. He can suggest you to do something. But you have to sub- surrender your will to have anything done like that. So as I tell people all the time, the word of God is the most important thing. The word of God is where you learn of God. And if you'll do what God says, he will change you from day to day, the week to week, the month to month, the year to year. So let's continue to read here. And it says, uh, the 14th verse, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, you notice it says the gospel of the kingdom of God. What is the gospel? Prophecy. Jesus was not killed. He was not buried. He had not rose from the dead. This is the gospel, the prophecy, the kingdom of God. And see it, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. What to believe? The prophecy. Believe what the prophecy said. It says, now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said unto them, come you after me, and I will make thee fishermen of men. And straightway they forsake their net and followed him. And when they had gone a little farther, hence they saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and whom also in the ship mending their nets. Straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired hands or servants, and went after him. And when he got to Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. Now here's, as I told you, Jesus' ministry was a fold-fold ministry. He came teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. 
You'll never understand the gospel until you've been taught how to understand the gospel. You'll never receive the truth until you've been taught how to put precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Once you learn that, that's when you start entering into the the kingdom of God, that you'll learn the rules that God has got out here for us. Or the rules are to purify us and to turn us into the children that we should be of the most high. So I'm stopping right here right now. Has anybody got any questions, comments, anything about demons? All you have to do is push one on your phone. That's the same number you want. Push one on the phone, and it should let uh, Dorothy know that you're there and you have some questions. Okay, we uh, do Dorothy, have one hand up. Okay. Um, area code 631, your mic is open. <laughs> Hello, Elder Jane. Hello, how you doing? Oh, well, I've been doing better. I okay. uh, I have kind of two comments. Um, I feel like uh, I don't know how to say it. I've been under kind of an attack where my phone, it randomly... Like it reset itself, so I've lost all my data, and then I dropped it, so I've got to replace the screen and everything. And every this all happened, bam, bam, bam. Are there spirits that like uh, are over technology problems and uh, like uh, uh, misfortune and stuff like that, like accidents? Well, that's a good question. Principalities. Yes, sir. Mm. That is a good question, and the answer is yes. Over the electronic thing, there's a spirit called bling bling, and he causes things that happen, shortness and uh, short things that happen in your uh, phones and stuff like that. uh, Like you'll be listening to the gospel and something, and all of a sudden your your tape player stops working, or your uh, things that normally wouldn't happen started happening. Yeah, it's bling bling. Also, you have a spirit that's called uh, misfortune. But you got to remember, there's more than just one word, because they could be named a hundred different names, but it means basically the same thing. Misfortune. The way they can cause things to happen, that things go wrong for you. But you got to remember, Alfred, every time it goes wrong, there is an angel they try that around you that what we call the breakthrough. And that breakthrough angel, what he does, he encourages you to say scriptures. The more scriptures you come, the stronger you become. See, this is all about a warfare, and the warfare is you fighting the enemy. You've been right. trained. You've been trained and he wants you to put your training to to uh the to use. I remember one demon told me he said all I'm going to do is wear you out because you don't believe what you're saying either. And I just smiled at myself because I was saying, <laughs> I believe everything what the word says. I believe in all 700 and some thousand words of it from Genesis to uh, the book of Revelation. So that means yes, I've got enough weaponry. Hmm. It means I have enough weaponry. I don't have to quit. Even if I had to physically grab my Bible, which I normally do, and start reading scriptures. Because our job is to wear them out, and their job is to wear us out. And I'm not quitting. 
But yeah, when if I had things like that happen to me, I would go change my day. That's another thing I I taught at our church sometimes is to change your day. When things are going bad, stop your day. So I stop it in the name of Jesus Christ, and I want my day to change now. And then I speak blessings for my day and watch my day turn around. So did I answer your question? Yes, you did. I just, I felt that and it was more than a, a coincidence. It just, everything kind of happened too close to a sink. So I started wondering if uh, there was a spirit behind it. Yeah. Um, the second question is, now, I know that uh, the Roman Catholicism, uh, where they worship Mary, and uh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. That that is idol worship, correct? Yes, it is. And anytime okay. you have anything before Jesus Christ, it's an idol. It can be a okay. uh, a picture. It can be a statue. It can be uh, uh, anything that you trying to get contact with heaven by not going through Jesus Christ is an idol. It doesn't have to be a statue. Mm. I was looking um, at the uh, it calls itself the old church and it's Greek Orthodox uh, Christianity is what they call it and it looks I mean they acknowledge Jesus Christ but at the same time uh, they seem to have a lot of ceremonies and uh, kind of – it looks to me like worship of the apostles, um, and they have different saints that they call on and pray to like a middleman to pray mm-hmm. to the Father on their behalf, and it just – it just doesn't look right to me. I was wanting – uh, wondering what your opinion of that is. Uh, is it idol worship or is it just different? Okay. I'm glad you asked because uh, a lot of people do not know about Greek Orthodox. And they're almost like the Catholic Church. They have their robes and everything else. And uh, they uh, they believe in Jesus and everything. And they they have a great, a lot of uh, things that they do. Now, the thing is, uh, because of um, the things that they do sometimes, I kind of question some of the stuff. So I ain't saying they're good, I ain't saying they're bad, but uh, I'd go back to what the Word says. If the Word says anything replaces Jesus, it's idle. Just like I said about the Catholic Church, everybody in Catholic Church is not going to hell. Everybody in the Catholic Church is not bad. And not every priest in the Catholic Church are pedophiles and stuff. But you know how they're trying to get everything uh, according to the the world standards to be politically correct. That's why they didn't persecute these uh, pedophiles. Because if you don't persecute the pedophiles, then you won't persecute the homosexuals. Then you won't persecute the uh, bestialities. Then, see, everything gets watered down. But God has a standard. He said, 
You want to be with me? Watch my son, for whom I am well pleased, and imitate him. So, hmm. yeah, I don't have very too much to say about the Greek Orthodox Church. Yeah, and I was looking at up here. Yeah, there are a few um, branches in the Kansas City area. Um, and so I just was wondering what was going on with those people. So they're kind of like a – almost, I want to say, in the background, they're kind of hidden. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, but it did answer my question, I suppose. It just okay. it didn't feel right to me. So. Yeah, if I was you, I would, you know, if the Lord leads you something that don't feel right, look at the scriptures and see what the scriptures say. If it doesn't line up with the scriptures, I'd leave it. Okay. Just like you got, you ever heard of the predator's view? The what, sir? Predator's view. No. It's a religion where they believe that the rapture and everything that already didn't happen and that, uh, there's nothing else to be fulfilled. This is hell. So we're not going to any other hell after here. But see, it goes against what the scripture says. And that's why you have to be careful about people like that or religions like that. Because the Bible says that hell was made for the devil and his angels. Well, if we're in hell, then we must have been a devil and his angels. This is not hell. Jesus wouldn't come here and then descend into the center of the earth, talking about, well, I got to go into hell because this is already hell. That's why a lot of these people that come up with these different doctrines and different religions and stuff, you got to go, you have to compare it to what the scripture says, and that way you'll know the truth, and the truth will make or set you free. So, in the uh, course of you talking, I came up with a, a third question okay. real quick. Um, I, I've been looking at a, a few sources, some other Christian um, radio blogs, and I've been monitoring the news. And it, uh, you know how they've been bringing up these aliens, uh, a, a lot of sightings, and now the military is starting yeah. to confirm it, where they were denying it. And I've been hearing – Almost that uh, uh, kind of back from uh, in the days of Enoch and things, that these evil aliens are actually um, evil spirits, fallen angels. They're just uh, they're just being called aliens, and that they'll be they're going to manifest themselves in our reality with bodies, but they'll be like shapeshifters. So they'll look like some kind of weird aliens, and it'll all look real, but they're actually um, fallen angels. Um, yeah. What is what is your take on that? I, I wasn't sure biblically where it was supporting mm. any of that. Well, in fact, about it, just, just the other day here in Kansas City, they were talking about they saw three UFOs here, and this was just the other day. Now, the Bible says that the uh, the fallen angels are in chains. You can read that in, in the book of Peter and in the book of Jude. So they're chained in the heavens. 
Now, according to uh, the book of Enoch, there is one that is set free to continue the test. But now you got to remember, under those fallen angels, you have what we call uh, other spirits. And that is just like what I read tonight in the book of uh, Acts, where it can talk about an angel, which means a messenger, that's all he is, or a spirit. Now, spirit can mean several different things in Hebrew, but most times it means a messenger. And uh, because of that, they can shift shape themselves and they can look just like human beings. That's why the scripture is written by Paul, where it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for many have entertained angels unaware. That means you won't be able to tell the difference between a human being or a spirit. They can take up a human body and they can do what we call possession. That's when a person totally gives up himself or herself, and says, I'd rather be filled with uh, things from the dark side. And the devils will take that as an invitation, as a legal right, and they will take control of that body and that mind. And once they take control of that body or that mind, it's hard to win them back. So they'll think evil is good and good is evil, and they can't tell the difference. So as far as the UFOs and everything coming, Yes, the Bible says in the last days, release the angels that are in the river uh, Euphrates. So in other words, it was letting you know that uh, a lot of spirits are going to be coming out of the water. That's why we have what they call marine spirits. Most times you hear about it in Africa and over in India and all that, but the marine spirits are anywhere where there's water and they're on a ley line. And the Leilat brings power to those people. That's why you'll see blood sacrifices over water or blood sacrifices over different parts of the land so that they can get energy from that part. But there is going to be a day that all that's going to be stopped. And that's going to be when Jesus comes to rule again for the thousand year millennial reign. So in the meantime, yes, we got uh, I'm glad you brought all this up because right now, what we call UFOs are demonic stuff flying around in technology, which the devil is always trying to imitate God. Where we're trying, where they're trying to uh, do miracles and stuff, but they be called false miracles. A lot of times, when those uh, people do del- uh, deliverance and healing and stuff. The person get healed, but maybe they only heal for about a week or even that long, maybe two days. Then all of a sudden, something else is wrong with them. And then all of a sudden, that opens up doors for more demons, and they get attacked. Their family get attacked. Their friends get attacked, and they can't figure out what's going wrong. Well, that's because the enemy has got a legal right, and because the person do not put on the whole armor every day, they can take control or take or oppression or suppression, and possession is the last thing. And only if that person gives up his rights and says, I want 100% the devil to be in me or Satan. You have anything else? No, sir. No, sir. I was listening intently, and uh, 
receiving the revelation. Amen. That's what this is all about. The revelation of what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. Everything is about prophecy. And all the prophecy leads to the truth. And the truth will make you or set you free. And as I say, it's all about the war. That's what it really is. It's all about the test. It's all about the war. Don't give up. Never give up. The devil's here to do two things. One, he's here to either stop you from getting to Christ, because we're the children of God. We're the ones that's being pulled back to Christ. We know that we're different. We get picked on. We get talked about. Everything goes wrong because this is not our home, and we're passing through. So his first job is to stop you from getting back to Christ. The second thing is, if he can't stop you from getting back to Christ, he has to make you a weak Christian. And to make you a weak Christian, he he calls on your weaknesses. Like some people that are drugs, alcohol, women, men, uh, uh, lasciviousness, you know, wild parties and stuff. That could be our weakness. But we got to learn how to fight against those weaknesses. It ain't overnight thing. It might take you a year. It might take you two years to fight through. Where is God? God is already there. He gave us the word. And if we practice the word, the stronger we become. Until later on, you'll be able to look back and kind of laugh about, devil, I don't even know why you're trying that one anymore. I've overcome that. And anything you overcome, you become stronger. And that way you can look back and say, huh. This is what the devil used to could do to me, but he can't do it anymore. All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Hope to see you at church sometime again. Hope you get that new job. Yeah, I I should be starting the 8th this month. So just unexpected misfortune like I was saying has come upon me and so I've been doing my best to keep keep my morale up and the faith what with everything else going on so amen well, yes sir like I, the people that's listening out here let me tell y'all I lost my house I lost my car I lost a child went through a divorce uh, got sick but I never gave up. I never said, God, why me? And because I didn't, the Lord has blessed me. I mean, uh, I, my kids are healthy. Uh, I, I'm no longer homeless. I'm no longer without a vehicle. <laughs> and as the people told me when I used to work for the post office, you're going to starve out there. Well, I want you all to know I ain't starved. I'm still full. So believe God and obey the gospel. And God bless you, brother. And we'll talk to you again. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anybody else out there has a uh, question? This is the time to push one and and hold your hand up and we can see what the Lord says. Do you have any comments, uh, Dorothy? I. Uh- just just one i he he made me think about the uh it's been a while but a day where the enemy was attacking attacking all day long and at one point he tried just one more thing you know how he does and i oh, just yeah. turned to him and laughed because i said really 
You're going to try this now. Nothing else where you're going to try this now? Forget it. You know? It's just... Uh-huh. So I know yeah, what he's yeah. talking about. Those bats, they, they don't come in, in singles. You know, singles. They come all sorts of ways. And just you just mm. got to hold him in derision. Amen. One of the things that uh, one of my preachers taught me was laugh. Just like you say, laugh at the devil. He hates that. He can't stand you laughing. He wants you crying and boo-hooing, so he thinks he got you whooped. Well, as I say, anybody else out there, all you do is push one, and you got a question, you might be asking the question that's going to help somebody else, not just yourself. Or you might ask the question that's going to give somebody else, oh, I never looked at it that way. That's why we have this uh, broadcast where you can call in and everything. All right, well, I'll continue to teach until somebody has a question, and that is in uh, Mark, the first chapter, and the uh, 21st verse. And then they went to Copernicus, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue. Synagogue means a place of gathering. That's what we call a church nowadays, but it's the same thing in the Jews. There's only one temple. But there's many synagogues. The temple is where they did the blood sacrifice and everything else. But once the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, they have never had another temple since. So they have what we call gathering places, which is called synagogues. And they said, what happened? First thing he did was went in there and taught. And they were, uh, 22nd, and they were astonished at his doctrine for his, or his teaching. That's what doctrine means. For he taught them as one uh, had authority and not as a scribe. In other words, when Jesus taught, he taught like this is it, instead of just having a book full of words. See, the the Bible that we read is is uh, alive if we put our spirit into it. In other words, if your ears is open, you'll hear what the spirit is saying. If your ears are closed, you cannot hear it, and it's dead to you. But the the scriptures is really alive, and the more you read it, the more you uh, practice it, the stronger you become. And then it says in the twenty third, and there were in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, "Leave us alone! What did we do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of of God." So now here they are looking at Jesus, who is a man. A lot of times people miss this part. Jesus was a man, okay? But he was born again of the spirit. That's what gave him the godhood. Jesus was a man. If you don't believe it, go in there and read what Paul says. There's only one mediator between God and man. The man makes it very clear. The man, Christ Jesus. So here's this one, this man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit or evil spirit, or it could be principalities, powers, it could be a Jezebel, it could be so many things, but it just covers all when it says unclean spirit. And when he's seen Jesus, what do you do? He said, leave us alone. That's what should be happening when you walk into a church. If there's church full of evil spirits, they should be trying to get away from you. They should be uh, angrily looking at you. But if they're not, 
then you're with them. That's because of the things you're doing. You're not really one of them, but you're doing the things they're doing so they're comfortable with you. You don't want the devil to be comfortable with you. You want him to know you came there to destroy him, that we are the holy ones of God. And the Bible says, if you look, there's, it talks about the holy ones are the sons or daughter of God. That's what we're supposed to be. So uh, it says, and Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out. A lot of times nowadays, it used to be the Pentecostal churches. You walk in there, boy, the devil didn't want to be in there. And when you get to speaking the word of God, they would, they'd be tormented and they want to get out. I was at a church in uh, Detroit. And while I was preaching, two demon-possessed people came toward that pulpit at me. That's because the power of the word is alive if you speak it, if you believe it, if you receive it. And they came at me and I said, y'all go sit down because they want to disrupt the gospel. They don't want the preaching to go forth. And they both went to sit down. Then all of a sudden, about 10 minutes later, they started at me again. I said, I'm still preaching. Y'all go back and sit down. We have power over the enemy. It's like if you ever seen that movie Star Wars, the weaker demons, we have more power over. The stronger ones, we have to fight. The weaker ones will obey what is said to them most of the time. But a, a, a rebellious one, strong in, the, in the black arts, they'll fight you away. So eventually on the third time I was through teaching, I said, okay, now both of y'all come up. And as they came to me, I just waved my hand through the air. And both of them hit the ground. They were slayed by the power of the holy Israel, the one of Israel, Jesus Christ, the one who has the power. He said, that's why his father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that's what we want to hear. So we're able to say, Hold thy peace, shut your mouth, come out of him. And it didn't mean it came out in no one minute, two minutes, three. You don't know how many times Jesus had to rebuke that thing. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, in other words, they uh, they tried to scare you by making them cuss, making them shake their fingers at you, They'll make them shake like their eyes will go back in their heads and stuff. See, most of you have never even seen these things because you don't go to a church that has the power of God in it. Most of you are in a religious church and think that God's going to be in that religious church. God is all about power. He comes in and everything's supposed to be shaking up. It says, and when they all were amazed, 27, insomuch that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine or teaching is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits. You see the S on there? And they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread it forth throughout all of the region of around Galilee. So in other words, the news went forth. There is power that, that they was being shown in the synagogue. That's where he was at, in the synagogue, the gathering place. And that these things were coming out of these folks. People were getting healed. They were getting delivered. And that Jesus wasn't backing down and said, oh, please obey me or anything. He stood forth as one who has authority. And that's what we're supposed to have, authority. Now, when you're born again and you accept the Lord, 
you have authority, but you may not have power. Authority is mean like you got a badge, but if you don't have a gun, they ain't going to obey you. But if you have a, a, a badge and a gun, then you have authority to back down whatever criminal you're against. And the unclean spirits are criminals. They're trespassers. They're trying to steal, kill, and destroy God's people. And our job is to, to have life and life more abundantly and teach the others on how they can have life and life more abundantly. Then it says, and immediately his fame, as I said, the uh, news about him went all through Galilee. That's what it should be now. Churches should know about what churches are doing deliverance and what churches is not. What churches is talking about a pie in the sky versus, hey, I'm in a warfare and I ain't quitting. 29 says, for henceforth, when they were come out of the synagogue, the gathering place, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew and with James and John. But Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her. In other words, I, I used to be at some churches that where they heard about Bishop Jordan, and some of the churches did not want him to be in there because when he came in, miracles happened. Miracles happen, and that's where we should be. When we go into a church like A.A. Allen, there was miracles happening with him, T.L. Osborne, uh, R.W. Shambach, Ted Shuttlesworth. I've seen these people. I've been with some of these miracles, uh, that God's miracle people, and that's where we should be. I had a lady came in the back of my church one time, and as she walked through the back door, I ain't said nothing to her. The demon hollered out at me, said, no, you're not casting me out. And I said, what are you talking about? Because I didn't know it was a demon manifest. You're not casting me out. And the Lord said, she is manifesting a demon. And I had to do deliverance right then. And that's where we should be. The, the witches and warlocks, when they walk in our churches, they know who's got power and who ain't. And then they do what they call throwing darts. They take these darts and they have names on these little darts. And they might, might be worry, depression. Stealing, fornication, adultery, uh, lust, all these things are on there. And then we'll look at their word, what their words are sitting. And they throw it into people. And because they're weak and don't have the whole armor of God, then those things affect us. All of a sudden, you're mad at somebody which you wasn't mad at before. All of a sudden, you lost your temper and you were listening to the word because you've been hit by warfare of a, a witch or a warlock. All right, let's continue to read here. And it says, and he came, the 31st verse, he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered in them or served them. And things like that, it happens if you're willing to believe God. My kids, we didn't run to the doctor every time something went wrong. I just lay hands and pray over my kids. Uh, my wife would pray over the kids and stuff. And as you start to understand that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and you'll start to see the miracles. But if you don't believe it, you'll never receive it. All right? Well, in fact, let's turn to, we'll come back to this thing here. I want to turn to Galatians 5 and 19. Galatians 5 and 19. So what you're fighting against. See? 
If there's anybody got any questions, I told you, call in now. This would be a great time to call in. Galatians 5 and 19. And now, let's go up a little bit. Let's go to 18. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What is the Spirit? The Spirit is walking in the understanding of what the Word of God says. All you have to do is go back and read the beginning of this uh, Galatians, and it talks more about walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Now, let's look at what the things of the flesh is and what causes us to have problems. And you got to remember, each one of these things has at least one demon or more behind them. They don't run by themselves. They always run in groups. This is Galatians 5 and 19. Now, the work of the flesh are manifested or made plain, which are of these adultery. That's sex outside of marriage. You're married or somebody else is married and you're having sex with them. Fornication means that neither one of you are married and you're having sex anyway. Uncleanness. It can be sometimes you don't clean your body. There's people that walk around that uh, don't even take a bath or shower up or anything. Lucidness. You know, uh, going out there just living wildly. Idolatry. Now, idolatry ain't always a little dial or something like that, but it can be anything that you put before God. Like uh, some people, they 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 never read their Bible because they say, well, I'm too tired to read the Bible. Well, there's your idol because you're saying, I am too tired. I will fight through it if you're going to be with God. I'm going to fight through and make it. Some of them have these little idols in their pockets like Obama and stuff. He has a little uh elephant that comes uh, from India, which is his little idol. Then there's witchcraft. Witchcraft doesn't mean that this person has a, a long black, a long nose and a short pointed hat and short pointed shoes and stuff. Witchcraft is anything that rebels against God. So you can say, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You see somebody needing help, and I ain't going to help them. I'm mad at them. That's witchcraft. Then you hate and uh, variance and emotional, which is jealousy and stuff, wrath and and strife and sedition and heresy. Heresy means that you believe the opposite of what the Bible says. I had a man who told me, came into the church, well, I don't believe the way you believe. I believe that I'm always under judgment, that God sends judgment at me. That is not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says that if we're the sons of God, we get whooping. So we can do what's right. But Satan is the one who sends things at us so we'd be scared so we can uh, fall up under his kingdom. And we are not under his kingdom. We're serving our God until he comes and takes control, which will be at the end of the 600,000 year. Then we will rule and reign here for a thousand years. Envying, murderer, drunkenness, rivalry, such as, and such as like this, of which I have told you before, and as I always told you in time past, they that which do these things shall not, hear that, not will not, it says shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, all you have to do is look at, if these things affected my life, starting at five, uh, 5 and 19, am I doing these things 
And if you if your conscience is not bothering you, then you you don't turn over to a reprobated mind, where you think good is evil and evil is good. You need to strive back to say, Lord, I want to do what's right. Yes, I've done these things. Yes, I've done wrong. But I'm not continuing to live this way because, hey, first of all, my conscience ain't gonna let me. It's the Holy Spirit that's in me that's keeping me from doing continuously doing wrong. I want to do what's right. Then it says the things that the Holy Spirit is operating in you is uh, 5 and 22, which says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And it, see, it didn't say our love. It says is love. That means one thing. When the, when the Holy Spirit is moving in you, first thing, you're going to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you mess up, you're going to feel bad and want to change. That's the thing. Because if you have the Holy Spirit and his love, the next thing you're going to have is joy. The devil hates you when you laugh at him. The devil hates you when you have peace, no matter what's going on. I just lost all my money. I just lost my house. My car is gone. I'm, I lost my health. I'm in the hospital. But, I, hey, it's all right. Jesus still loves me. I still love Jesus. No matter what I'm going through and I'm going to overcome, I refuse to quit. So then he looks at you. He gets mad. Long suffering. In other words, you know, there's some people who get on your last nerve. But the thing is, get you some more nerves. Don't let it be your last. Do everything you can to win them, to let them see this is the way God wants us. And not to be a uh, a, a doormat where everybody just walks over and leaves the dirt on you. In fact, about some of you people have made yourself trash cans. You listen to everybody's problems. And that does all it does is just dump on you. And next thing you know, you're depressed. That's because they don't change the atmosphere around you. And you didn't even realize it. So that's why, you know, you ask the person, what, what do you need the Lord to do for you? Take it off of you. Let them hurt and tell you what you need. And pray for them and let it go. It says gentleness and goodness and faith. You know, you can tell a real true Christian, no matter what he's going through or what she's going through, you don't hear him complaining. If you hear them uh, going through something a little bit, they'll say what they got to do and get out of that part. In other words, you don't practice staying in sin. You don't practice staying in the mud and the muck and the mire. You don't practice doing what is wrong, but you practice what is right. Just like in the 23rd verse, it says, and meekness. This is all coming out of love. You see, meekness. Meekness don't mean weakness. People esteem me. I'm I'm kind of a big guy, around 300 pounds. And if I say something, if I put my foot down, they oh well, let me back off because look how big he is. But when I used to be 144 pounds and say something, people just take advantage of me. And that's the way this kingdom of God works. The the stronger you are in God, the more the the devil will back off of you. You look like you're 700 pounds to him. And you're willing to smash him because the word says you're in charge. The word tells you what you need to do. And the more that you start saying that the word is God and God is the word, the more you become stronger in him. All right. Now, let's look at this other part here. And then temperance. That means keep your your uh, your anger under control. Some people will push you, trying to make you angry. What you do is you just, hey, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down your anger. 
So in other words, get over it. If people are uh, debating about something and y'all can't come to a, uh, a, a, a decision, let it go. Don't use it for the next day. I know a, a man, he said, the reason him and his wife get along, they said, because before they go to bed, they'll stop arguing. They will not, they refuse to go to bed mad at each other. And they're still married. And against, uh, and it says against such, there is no law. So in other words, if you crucify the flesh, the thoughts of the flesh, which is 5 and 19, and do those things that are of the most high God, which is 5 and 22, you'll start to see that God truly has set the rules for us, and all we have to do is obey. All right, let's get back to Mark, the fifth chapter. Is anybody out there got any questions right now? Okay, I'm trying to give you a chance. Uh, Dorothy, you there? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, okay. You ain't got no questions, no answers, no comments. I do have something to, to ask you about off topic. Okay. Um, I read an interesting article today that a bunch of scientists did MRIs of Holocaust survivors and their descendants and they found a difference in their brain activity and I was wondering could that be sort of scientific proof of generational curses yes I, I hadn't heard about it yeah. yeah, I found it very interesting because I noticed because I watch the news a lot and there's a lot of things about slavery is in, in the air now. And uh-huh. I noticed I know a lot of them do it for po- political reasons, but every once in a while you see someone who seems to be very much affected by slavery. And, I mean, there's no way possible that they were a slave, you know, because it's how long has it been? And I'm just wondering if that, the traumatic experience of their forefathers has affected Uh them somehow down the line, you know, because if you don't get that healed, that wound healed, at some point, it's going to continue, right? Right. That's why we have uh, people that pray for generational curses and stuff to be broken. As, uh, to give an example, have you ever heard of the Trail of Tears? Yes. Okay. A lot of times during deliverance, I might say Trail of Tears, and these people are Indian. All of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, as soon as they hear the with, uh, about trail of tears, they'll break into tears themselves, and they don't even know why they're crying. They don't know why they're depressed. It's because of the uh, things that their foreparents went through. So that's why we uh, we have to look at these things constantly, over and over again, and make sure that we have broken generational curses. And now that you're telling me about the MRI, that is something else, isn't it? It's just, mm-hmm. I just found that so interesting. Uh-huh. I'm glad you brought it up. 
You know what I'm saying? So, uh, as I said, a lot of times people just don't understand generational curses and stuff, and that uh, that people need to break those things uh, uh, because of like the trail of tears until you get the uh, Indian part to forgive and let go of the people that was cruel to them and why they died on the road and stuff. They carry this pain and stuff through them, and they don't know why. They have this anger in them. They don't know why. And that's the reason. And see, the Bible tells us, that's why I said about prophecy and everything, in the last days, and which is now, it's going to go back to racism again. And it ain't because uh, people hate each other because of the color of their skin and stuff, but it's going to be because of their DNA. And they need to get that uh, out of them, uh, have their DNA changed. They accept what the word says. Okay. You got any other comments? No, other than the fact that I I hate the way race is being thrown around right now. It's. Yeah. I mean, I really yeah. love Martin Luther King Jr. You know, I love his what his niece is doing now too. She's an awesome Christian woman, but. I mean, it's so hurtful to hurl these accusations at people that they're racist. Yeah. You know, it's just. Well, that is one of the things that as part of what's getting ready to happen because the Bible had already prophesied it. That's when Jesus said in Matthew, the fifth chapter, I mean, what is it, 24th chapter, when it talks about it'll be nations against nations. That's what it is, racism. And these things are going to happen until Jesus takes control again. Hey. You want to see if there's anything else here before I start back on the book of Mark? Because Mark is a really good book about signs, wonder, and deliverance on demons and stuff out of folks. Because if Jesus had to cast out demons, what are we supposed to do? And the first commandment in the book of uh, the 16th chapter, it says we're supposed to cast out demons. In fact, I got a, uh, people that have their testimony of how they got healed, how Jesus has been with them, how the things have changed through their life because of the power of God. And that's what we're looking for now is these, this end-time revival that's supposed to come through but let's look at uh, back at Mark, the first chapter, and the uh, 33rd verse. Well, let's go to 32nd. Uh, 32nd. For even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of dire diseases, cast out many devils, suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and then prayed. See, a lot of times, I told you, the main thing is our church is going through now that has not been doing, they have not fasted and they have not prayed. They always want to pray where everybody else can see him praying. 
But see, you need to get into that private place. You need to get into a solitary place where you can pray. And you, what you pray in silence or in that secret place, God will reward you openly. And that's what we're looking for. His approval, not my approval, his approval. So now, as I say, the way the Lord has been doing things, letting us understand that this warfare is starting to heat up. And those that know their God's going to be able to do greater miracles. But those who have not uh, been studying, those who have not been getting themselves ready, when all these sick people start coming, the demons start coming, they're going to not know what to do, how to do anything. And when they're out of food, they don't. all they want to do is go beg instead of learn how to pray food in. It says the uh, 36th verse in Simon, uh, and they that was with him followed after him. They're looking for Jesus, and he's out there praying. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek it after thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next town, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. In other words, you can have a big revival going on, but God will send you somewhere that maybe one more person. You'll leave the 99 to go after the one. As I say, the Bible always interprets itself. So it's always uh, teaching us how to put these scriptures together and live it, not just to be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And he preached in their synagogues throughout Galilee. And the first thing they said, and cast out demons, always casting out demons. So that's why we've got to get ourselves together. And that's why we've got to be able to to, uh, stand up in these last days. Then it says, and there came a leopard unto him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him, and said, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leopard departed from him, and he was clean. And straightly charged him, and sent him forth the way. And he said, See thou say nothing unto any man, but go show thou way to the priest and offer up that cleaning those things when Moses commanded you for a testimony unto them. That's what we're all here for, to give a testimony. That is the beginning of our service, a testimony. What is God doing for us and what we need to do for God? And as we, the more we start working toward the Lord, the more of a, of a testimony we have, what God has done for me or my family or my friends, and we have seen it and been a witness. Especially casting out demons. You can't have no greater testimony than to see demons cast out of people. Especially when they lost their mind and, and they said, uh, I can't think. Or they are they already talking with the devil. The devil's talking to you. But when you're able to see demons coming out, that just sells it. But the 45th verse, it said, he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more uh, openly enter into the city but was without in the desert places, and they came from him from every quarter, every quarter. See, when you have the power of God moving through you, people are going to search you out. People want, they want to see Jesus. They don't want to see fake stuff. I remember one young man that uh, he was at church, and he was only about 12 years old. And he said, he told me straight up in the, in the church, he said, I want to see the real Holy Ghost. I don't want to see no fake Holy Ghost. And Jesus manifested himself through a miracle. And he, he got scared. He said, this is what I'm talking about. His father 
uh, when he came to church, he said, if I don't feel convicted when I come to church, I ain't in no church. Because if it don't make me stop doing what I'm doing, then it ain't nothing but a, uh, you might as well say a party. We just there to make each other feel good. But nope. Okay, I'd like to introduce uh, a couple of members. Would you like to have any comments over? Okay. I got some people here at the church today. I mean, at the house here. But anyways, as I say, the Lord has really been blessing. We need to get uh, about our father's business. We need to get off of the things of, of just saying, well, things as usual, and we need to change things. So if there's anybody out there who's got a question or an answer or a comment, Raise push one. Especially those people down there in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. All right. Anything else you'd like to hear about, uh, Dorothy? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I might as soon as you start going on, but um you know, I hadn't realized that the ethnos against ethnos was racism. I should have. It was um, it's kind of one of those things uh-huh. that when you think about it. But I don't have to like it, right? No, you ain't got to like it. It's just part of what's <laughs> been prophesied is going to happen. That way we know we're into the last days and stuff. And so... Have you seen have you seen where they're having um transgender reading hours at the public libraries now? No, I didn't. There's a lot of stuff going out right now because Satan is taking over. He's trying getting his his army together, just like as I told you, the demons had started coming out had started coming out of the uh, water and they were bound in that water, but now they're coming forth. And that's why we have to, as the children of God, we got to get ourselves prepared. We have to get ourselves ready for what's getting ready to happen and be able to fight back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. It seems like nobody's listening today or they're not calling in. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're just not calling in and raising their hands. Um. We are supposed to stand up against evil, are we not? Even when it seems yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, we're supposed to stand up. We're supposed to be that standard that, that the Holy Spirit can raise up, and not worry about if we're politically correct or are we gonna get killed or not. Because Jesus said, "My faithful mortar got killed between uh, the uh, uh, temple there and stuff." So in other words. Mortar means that we might we're supposed to die for our our, our beliefs. We're supposed to die, and it's not physically death all the time, but uh, political, or with our families with our family. Well, you you're not you're not compassionate and stuff. Listen, my compassion is whatever God says He has compassion on. Whatever He said He has mercy. That's what I have mercy on. If He says this is wrong, then I believe whatever He says is right. So that's why, as I say, I, I strive to teach the word. I strive so that people understand this is what God says, and this is what we need to do. 
And so right now I'm looking for this ministry that's going to be here in uh, the 27th of uh, July. That's going to be in Houston, Texas. His name is A-L-P-H. Last name is L-U-K-A-U. And I mean, I've seen so many miracles in that man's ministry, demons and warlocks being discovered when they come into the place trying to put a curse on him and stuff. And the power of God is so strong through his ministry that uh, I see everyone that comes through there get healed, delivered, or demons. People be embarrassed, be called out, and you have to try to hide and stuff. And the Holy Spirit will pull them up and show them who they are. But that's what I'm saying. We should be so powerful in the Lord that when we walk down the street, like this one lady, she used to be with uh, Catherine Kuhlman. That every time she got on the elevator, people get on the elevator, they would fall out under the power of God, even though she ain't did nothing. Another time, she went to go eat, her and her husband. And every time the uh, waitress would get close to her, the, uh, the receiver orders, they would fall out and fall over the table. These are the people that that we should be imitating, holding on to the power of God and doing those things that pleases God. I remember one time I was at a restaurant eating. And this lady said, I know who you are. Yeah, I've seen you on TV. I said, yes, man, that was me. She said, can I sit there and talk to you? I said, yes. And as soon as she sat down, she started growling. And the people came running over there to where we was at. Eyes done rolled back in her head. And I stood up and I said, don't worry, I got this. I'm an exorcist. And when I said that, they all went to back to eating and running and getting away from there. But that's that should be normal for us. That should be normal. The demons people, see, if you say you're a witch, they get scared of the witch. You say you're a warlock, they get scared of you. You say you're a Christian, they laugh at you. And it should be back like the old days when the, a prophet would come in town, they would ask the prophet, did you come here in peace? Did you come here in peace? But the more we see, the more we'll learn that God's timing and our timing is different. And he's going to be like a thief in the night. When we least expect it, he's going to show up. And when that happens, a lot of people are going to be surprised. They're going to be surprised. Well, let's continue on since here then. I'll try to get people to call in. Let's turn to uh, continuing Mark, the second chapter, because we're talking about signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs is what's getting ready to happen in the last day, which is already happening, according to the scripture. Wonders is the things we done seen in the sky. Because like I told you the other day here in Kansas City, they said they saw three UFOs, three of them. And they haven't been talking about UFOs in a long time, but here they are. And wonders, people are getting, I've seen people getting healed of every kind of disease right now, even the medical field, the medical field as I was talking about earlier, are able to use uh, what the Bible already said, uh, frequencies to break up uh, what they call those things, um, gallstones, without having to do surgery and pull those thing, have those things come out of a person's body. So we're here. We're here at the last thing. I remember they made fun of this preacher. His name was um, William Brandon. And they said that uh, he prophesied that in the end days, that we'll know it's near the end, that cars would start looking like eggs. 
and that people would be able to sit in the car, and this is way back in the early 50s, and the car would be able to drive itself, and they could be sitting in the car playing games while they're going, riding down the street, going to work. These things are already happening. They got drones now. They can fly your food to your house and everything. They got cars that can pick you up with no driver and take you to your destination. These things are coming to pass so fast, and people are so busy still having fun instead of getting themselves ready. So let's look at Mark, the second chapter in the first verse. And again, he entered into Caponia after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. It's a good thing when Jesus is in the house. And straight, straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive him, no, not as much as at the door. And he preached the word unto them. Remember I told you, first of all, he came teaching. Second thing, he came preaching. And the third thing, he came healing. And they came unto him, trying to bring one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. In other words, these people had him on a stretcher, and these four people trying to bring in that one sick person. And when he could not come come nigh unto him because of the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, faith is the word trust. He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thou son be forgiven thee. But there was a there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their heart, Why does this man speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? Now the scriptures were that they were trying to quote that only God can forgive uh, sin. But if the spirit of God is in you, then who is that that's doing the miracles? Not you, but the spirit of God is, and that is God. And so that's why he said, uh, the, uh, Jesus said, son, thy son, uh, thy sin be forgiven thee. And so then uh, the eighth verse, and immediately when Jesus had proceeded in the spirit, in other words, he was there to read their thoughts. The more you closer you get with Jesus, the more you're going to be strong like he is in the spirit. The people don't want to be around you because you'll receive what they're thinking. And immediately when Jesus had received in his spirit that they also reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason you these things in your heart? Rather, it easier for the sick of the palsy, thy son be forgiven thee, or to say, rise, take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the son of man. I told you, God, Jesus was a man. That the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he rose, took up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, We ain't never saw. The, uh, on this fashion before In other words Miracle signs and wonders Get the people's attention But God is not going to trust you with his gifts Or his spirit Until first of all you're willing to sacrifice yourself Willing 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 vessels To be able to do whatever God says to do And not trying to figure things out That's what's wrong with most of the churches They're always trying to figure out things And how much money I can get And 
Can I get a new house? Can I get a new car? How do I get God to answer my prayer? And how do you get God to do this? And how did God do that? I'm always trying to make God do something. Why don't we do something? Like, first of all, he said, visit the sick. Take clothes to the poor. Give them, give them something to eat. Give them something to drink. Look for somebody that you can help. You may not be able to help very much, but you'd be surprised. One or two dollars here, five or ten dollars there. It can make somebody's day. It can feed somebody. It can take take care of something that they need themselves. You never know who you might help rescue by obeying the word of God, and that blessing will be come back to you someday because that person got rescued out, ended up going to school, ended up being a doctor, and maybe the one that's going to save your great-grandmother or grandfather or even you. So that's why we we don't do it because we want something from God, but we do it because that's our nature. Then it says, um, the uh, 13th verse, uh, the 14th verse, it says, and he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. Remember, I keep telling you, teaching and preaching and healing. And he, as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Althea, sitting at the seat of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And it came straight to pass that as Jesus sat at meat, or he was there to eat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. In other words, there was Jesus sitting at his house eating, and yet still uh, he was still trying to win souls, publicans and sinners and stuff. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, That's they are that are whole need no physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the disciples of John and the Pharisees used to fast, and they came to say to him, Why do your disciples of uh, why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast? But thou uh, disciples fastest not. And Jesus said, can the children of the bride's chamber fast when the bridegroom is with them? As long as he had the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the day will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and they shall fast in those days. In other words, why should you have to fast for Jesus to be there? He's already there. He's the power of God. The Holy Spirit is in him. But when he leaves, we'll have to fast to crucify our flesh daily because you know Jesus knows what you're thinking, what's going on. He knows you're getting up. He knows you're sitting down. He knows you're far distant. He knows when you're close up. But when we start to fast, it lets us know how far we are away from God or how close we are to him. That's why we, we, we have to fast. That's why we, we, we got to pray. Then it says, no man, the 21st, it says, no man slows a piece of new cloth to an old garment, else the new piece will that uh, fits it will take it away from the old, and the rents will be made worse. In other words, you don't put a patch over something that's old and decrepit. But he said, and no man puts forth new wine in old bottles, 
else the new wine will burst the bottle and the wine will spill and the bo- and the bottle will be marred. But new wine must be put in new bottles. In other words, it says, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Some people are not going to change. They don't want to change. But those that want to know what our God is doing, they're going to sacrifice what they know to find out what God is doing now. In other words, learn of me. That's what God said. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly. But he also, he is God, and he's able to teach us to develop in the power of his might. And they're putting on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the important thing. We got a warfare. All I can say, church, wake up. Wake up. Learn about the warfare. Learn how to to battle and save your family. Not to be caught up in the things of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To be not the same things that you were yesterday, but be stronger as the day go past. That we are the ones that, that really have suited up. And just like it says, putting on the whole armor of God, having your learned scourged out with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having the shield of faith to quench all, not some, all the fiery darts of the enemy, those that thing I told you about, they write little things on there and throw it in your back, and it ain't always witches or warlocks, but you got demons that's doing it. See, because whatever happens in the spirit realm first, then it comes into the natural realm. So that's why we as the children of God, need to read, we need to study, we need to pray for others, have others praying for us, don't be thinking, oh, I just pray for everybody else. No, you need prayer too. Everybody needs prayer. I have this one lady that's a member of our church. She used to tell people, that said, yep, better pray for them because they leak. They need a refill. Yeah, we all leakers, so we all need a refill, and that's why we study to show ourselves unto proof unto God that a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. Then it says in the 23rd uh, verse, it says, And it came to pass, as he went through the cornfield on the Sabbath day, the disciples began, as they went through, to pluck the ear of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they do that on the Sabbath day, which is not lawful? But see, you got to understand what does the Bible say? I keep telling you, it interprets itself. Jesus was a master of the scriptures, a master of the scriptures. In other words, you could say something to him and he would quote scriptures and quote scriptures and quote scriptures. No matter what, he would quote scriptures. Even when he was fighting the devil, when the devil tried to do things to him, he quoted scriptures to him. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Get thee behind me, Satan, and uh, only him will I serve. And then it is said, it is written. In other words, you got to read that. It's not just it is written, it is written. Sometimes it is said. That's why you have to have ears to hear and a mind to receive. Then it says, and the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, oh, but why did they do this wrong? But Jesus answered and said, have you have you never read that David did when he needed and he was hungry, he and they that was with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abias, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also them that was with him. And he said unto them, 
The Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord over, also over the Sabbath. In other words, it's not even actually talking about the Sabbath today, but he was letting them know that, listen, the law and everything was made for us to help us, not to hurt us. The law, which is the word of God, is the commandments that teaches us how to live and how to respect others. That's why the first four laws is how to respect God. Don't have no other uh, have no other God before him. Don't make any uh, idols and stuff and for worship and stuff. And then when he gets down to the, the, the real main part, he says, now listen, I have a family and you're part of my family. That's why he said, honor thy father and mother. So it can be long, so your days can be long. In other words, he's saying, if you'll learn the word, if you honor the word, the word will honor you. The honor, the word that will bring uh, glory upon your life that you may share with somebody else and help them. That's what we're here for, as I told y'all. They help one another to do those things that's pleasing in God's sight. So until next time, uh, Dorothy? Um, yes. Yeah, can you go ahead and pray for us already? 758. I know. Time flies. Yep. Father, I ask that you bless our listening family. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear. And thank you for this time we've had tonight to go through the scripture. We found lots of little nuggets. And help us to grow and mature and align ourselves with the word because you are the word and we want to be in line with you. And help everybody understand that Christianity is not a religion. It's reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, until next time, uh, in two weeks, I messed up before I told him, next week, it's within two weeks of this. <laughs> I hope to be on the air talking to y'all again. And I, I'm not sure if I'll be in Kansas City or in Houston at that time. But until that time, be blessed. And I'll be talking to you sometime this week. Okay. Good night, everyone. Father bless. Good night, Pastor James. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.